Thanks so much for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and help you grow deeper in your faith. What I want to do is I just want to pray uh, before I dive in, and then we'll, we'll get into what God has for us today. So, Jesus, we want to thank you that uh, your desire is for us to live a life that's free from the past, free from the pain, the hurt, the circumstances, the experience. And you want to give us freedom to live with purpose into the future. And so we pray, as we dive into your word today, we pray that you would give us insight and clarity into how it is that you're inviting us to live differently and that you would bring your transformative power into our lives today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, the world loves labels and categories. There's movies that have categories, like a rom-com, or if it's got Hugh Grant in it, you know that it's a rom-com. Books, you know, if it's a fantasy book, if it's fiction, non-fiction. TV shows, if it's a comedy uh, or a thriller. Um, And music, right? Music. So some people... They hear classical music and they go, boring. Or they hear classical music and they go, oh, suave, sophistication, you know. Um, And even wine, right? Someone says, oh, a 1984 Bordeaux, that's a good vintage. Any uh, 84 Bordeaux fans in the room? Yeah. If there is, let me know after. I'd love to come for dinner at yours. Um, And so these labels, these genres, they... Give us an idea of what to expect from them, right? And labels also divide people into race, into socioeconomic class, into ability, into ethnicity, religious beliefs, and there's many other labels and categories. And people use all sorts of labels to describe each other. And people have used all sorts of labels to describe me. And so I thought I'd share some of the ones that I grew up with. The first one is pretty obvious, but it's ginger or ranga, right? And now, no other hair colour on the planet does anyone care about. If you are blonde, no one cares. If you have black or brown hair, no one cares. If you have grey hair, only you care. No one else cares. But somehow, when you have red hair... It's like a beacon. It's like, you know, when a plane is landing and they're doing this. It's like a target for people to come after you. And now, because of the color of my hair, I felt like an outcast. I was different. I was the odd one out. And I I grew up in an area called Carlingford where 85 to 90% of my classmates were from a Chinese background. And so, obviously, I stood out even more having red hair. And so it made me feel like I was on my own or there was something wrong with me. Another one is this, weird. Now, I've always liked to do things my own way because I have a creative imagination. And once again, that made me feel like I didn't belong and that I was never going to belong. Now, as an adult, I see that as a strength now because I'm able to be set apart from my peers and that's a good thing. Um, Another one is this, stupid, right? I literally had teachers who told me that I wasn't going to do anything 
or made me feel like I could never study or go to university. Now, for some of you that know me, I'm now studying a master's of theology and I'm getting high distinctions, right? Something that, something that I never thought was possible. I was below average all of high school. I was the one that the reports were like, you need to apply yourself more all the time. And so for me, one of the labels I grew up feeling about myself was that I was stupid. And the last one is broken. Now, maybe this isn't one that people said out loud, but this is one that I felt and I picked up based on how other people treated me. And so we've all had labels put on us in our lives, either by ourselves or by others. And so I wonder what some of those labels have been for you. Maybe they're labels based on your appearance. Maybe someone has said you're skinny, you're fat, you're ugly, bald, unattractive, weird-looking, unhealthy. Mate, oh, what's happened? There we go. Sorry, I pressed something. Um, maybe it's to do with your personality. Maybe someone's called you weird or creepy or you're a loner, you're awkward, you're bossy, you're annoying. Maybe it's to do with your intelligence. You're dumb, you're stupid, you're a nerd. Or maybe it's to do with your actions. Maybe someone said you're lazy, you're weak, you're a slacker, you're crazy, or you're annoying. So friends, whatever those labels have been for you, often these labels categorize us in a harmful and even dehumanizing way. These labels, they take away our individuality and our identity by trying to define who we are. Now, often they're a way of pointing out our flaws, our imperfections, or even just simply what other people don't like about us. And so I want to teach you a word as we kick off our message today. And the word is this. It's kategoros. And it's the Greek word where categories come from. And it means accuser. And it's one of the names that the Bible uses for the devil, the one who accuses. Now, what does he accuse us of? Well, he wants to remind us of our imperfections, our flaws, the labels that have been put on us so that we can feel like we don't belong in a relationship with Jesus. That Jesus doesn't love us, or that he couldn't possibly love us. He wants us to live in fear of missing out on what Jesus offers, freedom and eternal life. And he wants us to forget God's love and his faithfulness towards us. And so friends, if that's... That's where we're starting from today, with that understanding. And so I want to say, if you're feeling trapped in the labels right now, if you're feeling like Jesus can't possibly love you, if the thoughts in your mind are going, yeah, Andrew, that's all well and good to say, but if you really knew X, Y, Z, you wouldn't be saying that. If you really knew my thoughts or my heart, you wouldn't be saying that. If that's what you're feeling today, I just want to say that don't worry because good news is on the way. And so today I want to dive into the promise that Jesus has for us in those thoughts, in those accusations, and in those labels. And so today I've titled my message, A Cripple, A King, and A Dead Dog. 
I don't know what you're thinking. That sounds like the start of a really weird joke, Andrew. But I promise you, it's going to make sense. Um, Because we're going to look at an interesting character that appears in the book of 2 Samuel in the Old Testament. And now to set the scene for this story, this book is set in the land of Israel during the reign of a king named David. And it tells the story of his 40-year reign as the king of Israel. And so before David, there was a king called Saul. And Saul has a son named Jonathan, who becomes best friends with David. And then Jonathan has a son, and his name is Mephibosheth. Now, I'm going to apologize in advance, because I'm probably going to trip over that at some point in the next 20 minutes. And now Jonathan and David, as I said, they were best mates. And they made a promise to each other that no matter what happened, they would look after each other's families. And so just a few years after Mephibosheth was born, at the start of 2 Samuel 1, there's a great war for power, and both Jonathan and Saul are killed. So his grandfather and his father are killed, and so that's the context of our story. And so here's the lessons that I want us to unpack today. We're going to look at how Mephibosheth was treated, and here's how he was treated. He was defined by labels. He was adopted and loved. His brokenness was covered, and he was given a new identity. And then I want us to look at how Jesus treats us, and that we are not defined by labels, but we're defined by him. That we are adopted and loved, that our brokenness is covered, and that we're given a new identity. And so that's what we're going to look at. And so we're going to read uh, from 2 Samuel 4. Four. And here's what it says. It says, Saul's son, Jonathan, had a son named Mephibosheth, who was crippled as a child. He was five years old when the report came from Jezreel that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in battle. When the child's nurse heard the news, she picked him up and fled. But as she hurried away, she dropped him and he became crippled. So that's the cripple in our story that we're introduced to. And then later on in 2 Samuel, we see Mephibosheth again in chapter 9. And David, who's the king at the time, he sends out his servants to see whether there is anyone alive in Saul's household that David can show kindness to. Because remember, he made a promise, whatever happens, your family's covered. And so he is informed by one of Saul's servants, Ziba, that Mephibosheth is still alive. And so here's what happens next in the story. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Machir, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. And David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore you to all the land that belonged to to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? So we've seen the cripple, the king, and there's the dead dog. Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. 
And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. And Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's own sons. And so that's our story. That's the story of Mephibosheth. And so I want to unpack those four lessons of how Mephibosheth was treated and how Jesus treats us. So here's the first lesson. We learn that his labels defined him. And so the first thing that we learn about him is that he's a son and he's a cripple. Right? That's his identity. The labels used to define him. In two words, his whole personality and his whole life story is summed up as cripple and son. Now, isn't that interesting that often the same thing can happen to us? Either we label ourselves or others put labels on us. And then suddenly that's what defines us. Some of the labels could be mum or dad, depressed, fat, lazy, stupid, nurse, teacher, alcoholic, angry, mean, bossy. Whatever it is, even if it's something we love, like being a parent, suddenly we find ourselves reduced to something less. And we can find ourselves suddenly defined by that label. Now, even if we love our work, even if we love our family, even if we're trying to change or to be better or to grow or to learn, we are more than just one or two words. We're complex, right? We're changing. We're people that are on a journey. And we're people worthy of being loved, right? We're worthy of being allowed to change, of not being defined by what we do or what we've done in the past. We're more than that, right? And so it's also interesting to note that Mephibosheth's only labels come from things that he had no control over. His nurse dropped him, leaving him crippled, and he couldn't choose what family he was born into. And friends, it's the same for us. We can't always choose our circumstances. And sometimes it's the actions of others that end up labeling us. But going back to Satan as the accuser, that's what he wants. He wants us to stay defined by our labels. He wants us to feel like we're not worthy of coming to Jesus. But friends, here's the incredible thing, that we are all welcome to come to Jesus. And that when we choose to follow Jesus, he doesn't define us by our labels. He doesn't see us as the world sees us. He doesn't treat us the way others treat us, but he sees us as more, and he sees us as greater, and he sees us as his. And here's what 2 Corinthians says. It says this. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. And so, friends, if you're struggling with feeling defined by labels, I want to invite you that you can leave those behind. You can kick them to the curb and say, you know what? The old is gone and the new is here. And I don't want to choose to live my life defined by what others have said about me, but I want to choose to live my life defined by what Jesus says about me. And so 
what, what's the takeaway for us here? Well, how was Mephibosheth treated? He was defined by his labels. But how does Jesus treat us? We're defined by him. The second lesson I want to look at is that he was adopted and loved. And so I want to point something out in verse 7 and 8. So Mephibosheth, he's an orphan, right? And he's broken in the eyes of the world. And he still approaches David defined by his labels. He literally calls himself a dead dog. Now, Ginger's a label. A dead dog, that's like the king of the labels, right? That's a visual imagery right there. A dead dog, what does that even mean? And so that's how he approaches David. But how does David respond to him? Well, we see in verse 7, it says, I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. And so we see here in this verse that Mephibosheth was adopted He was given a seat at the king's table and he was treated as an equal and loved by David. Now, I don't know what your family circumstances are. I don't know how you've been treated by others before, what they've said or what they've done to you. But just like Mephibosheth, you are adopted and loved by God. And here's what 2 Corinthians says. It says, And I will be a father to you. That's God speaking to us. And you will be my sons and daughter, says the Lord Almighty. Now, remember what I said at the start. There's an accuser. There's someone who wants you to feel like you're not worthy of being a part of God's family. That you're not welcome. But friends, that could not be further from the truth. And so if you feel like you're not worthy to be a part of God's family, there's an invitation for you today to ask for Jesus to show you how loved you are, to ask him to be a part of his family. That's the invitation for you, friends, that you are adopted and loved as well. And so here's the takeaway. Mephibosheth, how is he treated? He was adopted and loved. And how does Jesus treat us, friends? Well, we see that we are adopted and loved by him. So that's the second lesson. The third lesson is that his brokenness was covered. Now, in this passage, we see that Mephibosheth is invited to eat at David's table. And there's something significant about this scene that stands out to me. Now, I imagine back then there wasn't crutches or those cool little scooters that you can drive around. And so either he would have had to hobble to the table or someone would have had to help him to the table. And so I want you to imagine this, right? This is my king's table that I've set up. And I know it's not very fancy, you know, budget cuts, what can you do? But I want you to imagine, right? Mephibosheth comes over to the table. He's at the king's table with all of the king's son. He's a part of the family and he sits down And for the first time in his life, friends, what's not seen? His legs, right? The very reflection of his brokenness. The very reflection of everything that's wrong with him in the eyes of the world. And he's treated with honor and dignity and he's covered by the king's table. And here's the thing for us, these labels... Our own thinking, how others treat us, can make us feel like we're not worthy of sitting at the table. We see ourselves 
as dead dogs. But friends, that's not how Jesus sees us or how he treats us. And here's what the Bible tells us. It says, um, it says this in Colossians. It says, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and get this, free from accusation. Because friends, Satan wants to define us by our brokenness, but Jesus wants to define you by his. You see, Jesus is our tablecloth. He covers our brokenness. And the Bible tells us the good news of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. But here's the thing, that good news didn't just happen when Jesus died and when he rose again. It's still happening today. Because Jesus took our place, he gave us his identity, and he forever calls us his. And so if you feel like there's an area of your life you're feeling broken in right now, if you're feeling like life's a bit of a mess, if you're feeling like you need Jesus to do something about it, there's an invitation right now to come and have a seat at the table and to allow Jesus to cover your brokenness. And friends, all you have to do is ask him. That's it. Say, Jesus, I need you. I need your help in the mess, in the brokenness. I need your help. Come and cover me. And so what's the lesson for us? Well, we see that Mephibosheth was treated. His brokenness is covered. And so how does Jesus treat us, friends? Our brokenness is covered. Our mess is covered. The, the labels and the things that people have used to try and define us, suddenly they, they no longer matter. They're covered by Jesus and we get his identity. And so friends, that's the last lesson I want to look at, that Mephibosheth was given a new identity. And it says in verse 11 that he ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Here we see that Mephibosheth is given a new identity. He goes from cripple and orphan to a loved son. And friends, that's what Jesus wants to do for every single one of us. He wants to give us a new identity, to go from what the world says about us to what he says about us. And here's the invitation that comes straight from Jesus in John. It says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, friends, what an incredible gift that is. As I said in the start, we can't choose our family. We can't choose the circumstances that we were born into. We can't choose the actions of others that have defined us. But friends, today we can choose a new family and a new identity. And all we have to do is ask Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to be a part of your family. And he goes, come along. There's plenty of room there's plenty of seats at the table for you to be a part of. And so, how is Mephibosheth treated? He was given a new identity. And how does Jesus treat us? Friends, we're given a new identity. And so let's recap what we looked at today. So how is Mephibosheth treated? He was defined by his labels. He was adopted and loved. His brokenness is covered, and he's given a new identity. And friends, how does Jesus treat us? 
Well, we're not defined by labels, but we're defined by him. We're adopted and loved. Our brokenness is covered by Jesus, and we're given a new identity. And so now for all of us, I want to give us the opportunity to consider what we've just looked at about how Jesus treats us. And maybe there's one of those areas that you feel like you're struggling with. Maybe you feel defined by the labels that others or yourself have put on you. Maybe you feel like you're not worthy of being loved by him, that there's not room to be a part of his family. Maybe you feel like your life is too messy or too broken, that Jesus can't possibly fix it. Or maybe you feel like your identity is trapped in what you've done in the past. Well, friends, the first step to living a life not defined by labels, a life of being adopted and loved, where your brokenness is covered and where you can live with a new identity. Friends, the first step is choosing to follow Jesus. The first step is choosing, asking Jesus to come into your life. And so I want to give you that opportunity right now. And so if that's where you're at, I invite you to just pray a very simple prayer with me that goes like this. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for when I've chosen to live my own way. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. Amen. And friends, if if you've made that decision, I, I invite you, come and let us know. Go to the Start Here desk. Those online, let us know in the chat. Click the Request Prayer button because we want to support you on the journey. It's, it's not a journey that's solo. It's a journey that you get to do with other people cheering you on. There's a great big king's table that we all get to sit at and we all get to feast and we all get to do that journey together. And so I encourage you to let someone know so that we can pray for you and so that we can support you. And now for all of us, I want us to consider this question. I want us to choose one area that you want to grow in. One of these four areas. And I want you to ask Jesus to help you with it this week. Now, for some of you, maybe you feel like there's some labels that you're currently feeling defined by. And so maybe you need to sit and give those labels to Jesus and allow him to show you how he sees you. Maybe you feel unloved or not worthy to be a part of his family. Or maybe you feel like you're vulnerable and like your life right now feels messy and broken. Or maybe you're just begging for a new identity. You're like, Andrew, I I don't want to be defined by those things in the past. I want to live with a new identity and a new sense of purpose and freedom for my future. Well, friends, whatever it is, Jesus is wanting to show you how he treats you. He's wanting to help you find freedom from the past and to move into a life with a new identity and sense of purpose in him. And so what I want to do is I want to invite you for the next 30 seconds to just reflect on that. Choose one area you want to grow in and ask Jesus to help you with it this week. So take the next 30 seconds to do that. Now, friends, 
That's, that's a big thing that we've just looked at. That's, that's not a 30-second thing. That's going to be something that you need to come back to this week, the week after, probably some more time after that. But I want to encourage you to do that. Whatever it was that you just sat with with Jesus, I want you to get out your phone. I want you to write a note, a reminder, set an alarm, whatever you need to do to remind yourself to sit with Jesus with that this week. And uh, if, if you feel like you'd like some prayer, I'm going to invite the prayer team up. For those online, you can click the request prayer button and one of our team would love to pray with you. But friends, I want you to imagine if we all lived our lives sitting at the king's table, where we know that we aren't defined by our labels, where we live knowing that we are adopted and loved by God and we just live out that we're a part of his family wherever we go. We don't even question it where we allow our brokenness and our mess to be covered by Jesus. Friends, imagine if you walk this week imagining that you've got a tablecloth over you. Seems a bit funny, right? But in that moment this week where you're questioning yourself, where you're doubting yourself, where someone's treated you badly, just imagine a tablecloth over you and imagine that Jesus wants to cover that. And so friends... We're going to wrap up our service now. I'm going to pray, and then I'll release you. So, Father, we thank you that we are adopted into your family, that we no longer have to live defined by what the world says about us, but what you say about us. We thank you that you cover our brokenness, our messiness, the parts that we don't like, the parts that we feel ashamed of. We thank you that you cover them and you bring healing to them. And we thank you that we're given a new identity, that we can leave the past behind, and that we can live with a new sense of purpose and hope for the future. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, I hope Jesus has met you wherever you're at today. For those online, there's going to be reflection questions for you, and if you'd like some prayer, you can click the request prayer button. But have a, have a great week. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations. And we'd love to help you get connected. My name is Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church. And it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to support you, help you get connected and find out how you can take your next steps. So why don't you head to lifegate.org.au slash online and we'd love to find out more about you and how we can serve you as a church. Thanks for checking out this message and we'll catch you soon.